0: to Nintendo Dispatch, your weekly Nintendo podcast covering all things from the world of Nintendo. I'm Christina.
1: And I am Michael. And happy Halloween. Actually, it's after Halloween for everybody listening. But it's we're rec- recording
0: we're, this on we're Halloween. We're recording
1: <laughs> on Halloween. So happy Halloween to you. Um, what do you have planned for today? Anything good? Are you Are you going trick-or-treating?
0: Uh, no, I will not be trick-or-treating. Yeah, I wish lame. I could, but I don't think anybody will actually give me candy. You not know. know. I feel like I, I could pass for a high school student, I think.
1: Well, I don't know about that, but you could. You <laughs> Depending could, on
0: the costume. You
1: could definitely still trick or treat. I mean, I, I don't think you have to, you know, you could just wear a mask. You don't have to, like, they wouldn't know. I forgot
0: my Bioshock mask. I didn't bring it.
1: Yeah. See, if you had your Bioshock, BioShock mask, an extra one. nobody would even know that you're not. <laughs>
0: Bioshock.
1: Bioshock. <laughs> nobody would even know um, that you're not, you know, you're too old to be trick or treating.
0: Yeah. I mean, I. I don't know. I feel like it was a lot more fun when I had a big group of friends and we would go. Otherwise, it'll be just me going house to house all by myself, trick or treating. Yeah,
1: that's <laughs> a sad.
0: Yeah, very sad. But mm-hmm. I think it's going to be mostly just watching scary movies. Might take the dog over to the state park because there's like mm-hmm. a beach over there and see if he wants to run around in the sand. Um, other than that, just I think my nephew is coming by. He's going to trick-or-treat at the door. He's probably going to be our only Mm trick-or-treater. My parents live on a street that is – I'm at my parents right now. My parents live on a street, which is – it isn't part of a big neighborhood. There's like two busy roads and they're in the middle of the country and it's like, I don't know, just a single street by itself. And it's all older families that are retired, There's maybe one family with kids, but – they probably go like and drive somewhere to go trick or treating. Nobody trick or treats here.
1: Yeah, it's not a trick or treat neighborhood. I get a no. ton of trick or treaters, so I'm. You live
0: a, in like a, a elementary school neighborhood, so perfect. Yeah, it's
1: just a little neighborhood, yeah. so I definitely get a lot of trick or treaters. So I'm excited every year. I enjoy, you know, all the all the kids that come through and all that fun stuff. So I have a few things I need to do today, and then hopefully be ready in time for the. The craziness because it's sunday yeah. i'm expecting them to be out and about maybe earlier i don't really know you never really know probably i'm sure i will see some come through way too early you know what i mean where it's like come yeah. on it's 11 o'clock like
0: four o'clock yeah
1: like what are you doing trick-or-treating right now but um that's happened to me in the past where i just was not prepared but i i I'm prepared right now. So I I, I don't have to give out cans of soup um, to the kids that are too early. I have my candy. I'm ready to go.
0: I can just picture you giving them like SpaghettiOs. Like, ooh, they're scary. They're O's.
1: My my very first time here, I had no idea – and I had to, I had nothing. I, I was like, I, you know, I never had trick or treaters. I, I I didn't know anything about it.
0: You were unprepared. Yeah. I was
1: just kind of like, oh, well, what could happen? I'll get maybe one kid come by or something like that. I, and there was armies of people. And I just was like, oh my goodness. I don't have, I had, to, I gave out canned fruit. I didn't have anything at first.
0: Was that when you were renovating your house too?
1: Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was like when I first moved in, I just
0: Here, have a nail. It was like,
1: it was like fruit, you know, fruit, uh, like I don't know fruit cups and stuff like that, yeah. that. I was giving people until I ran to CVS and grabbed some actual bags of candy, and it was all like the junky candy because that's all that was left. But
0: yeah, uh,
1: it was at least candy. So yeah, the, I learned from then, and then and then the following years, I gave too much candy. It was like you know one hundred and fifty dollars worth of candy, and it was gone in an hour. Oh my gosh! So now I've, that's I've
0: so much money.
1: I've <laughs> I've figured out like the way to do it. So now I like. Mm-hmm. uh like, buy bags of candy and then I put them in little bags so everybody gets like, yes, you know, the, the same amount, and I mm-hmm. can do like 150 bags, and then that's it. That's all. That's one side After that,
0: the light turns off. Yep. That's the it.
1: Off. I still get people knocking, and it's like, dude, you know, the rules if the lights are off, you don't come to the house, but yeah. That doesn't stop. They, don't listen. Well, they, still nope. they
0: still
1: come. So, and then it's awkward think- because they can just see me watching TV, and I'm just like pretending they're not there, and then it just gets. That's weird. the
0: scariest part of Halloween.
1: Well, I should sit when there. You know in a they're mask. home,
0: and they won't give you candy. Oh, should you sit should sit there in a mask
1: watching TV. <laughs> just sit there, no lights on, just a television going, and it's me sitting on my couch with a mask on. That'd be funny. <laughs>
0: That would be funny.
1: <laughs> All right. Well, we got we got Halloween stuff to get to. So, let's get to the news so that we can go eat candy.
0: I'm actually making caramel apples as soon oh, as my family my gets home. Stars. So excited that sounds wonderful. About that. Yes. So, our first story today, I'm not sure if it's I'm not really sure what it means, but it's definitely something to keep an eye on. On Friday, Nintendo confirmed in a statement to The Verge that they're closing their Redwood City, California and Toronto, Canada offices. Both of them deal with sales, but the Redwood City location specifically deals with more marketing, um, and it's dedicated to merchandising retail stores all across the country. Now, there are more than 100 employees being displaced. A lot of them are going to be moving to the Redmond, Washington, and Vancouver offices. So that's, I guess, a good sign. They're not just getting fired. Mm -hmm. Nintendo did not say why the offices are being closed. And then in addition to this, Nick Chavez, which is – he's the, the sales, marketing, and communications person is also leaving. Uh, Devin Pritchard, who is the executive vice president of business affairs and publisher relations for Nintendo of America, is going to be taking over sales, marketing, and communications across all of U.S. and Canada. So I'm not really – like like I said, I'm not sure what this means, but it's going to be interesting to see if any marketing or um, – Retail strategies change. Mm-hmm. So we'll keep an eye on it, but just some interesting information.
1: Yeah, definitely, definitely something to keep an eye on. And another thing mm-hmm. to keep an eye on is a recent development that involves GoldenEye, one of everybody's, I think, favorite shooters from uh, the old N64. This apparently, and I didn't know anything about any of this stuff, but apparently this game was uh, banned. In Germany, it was on the German BPJM list of media harmful to young persons, and uh, since then, it's been removed. I guess typically games on this list are re-reviewed every twenty-five years, but one of Nintendo's quote European partners requested review prior to the date that it would have came up. Now, this request is not typically free or cheap. So people are now instantly speculating that this means <laughs> something. This has got to mean something. And maybe Nintendo has big plans for GoldenEye, especially that we have NSO Plus out there in the world now. So are we <laughs> going to be seeing GoldenEye? I mean, a lot of people know that there's huge licen- licensing issues <laughs> Causing rare and all like all the people involved with Goldeneye that caused this game from being re-released and uh there was there was like a remaster that got shut down and all kinds of stuff like that. So what does this mean? Are we going to see Goldeneye on NSO Plus? And if we do, would that change things for maybe you or myself? Uh, regarding our subscription to NSO Plus, I mean, I think GoldenEye was a huge, huge game for the N sixty four, if not one of the biggest games for the N sixty four. I have many, many, many fond memories of playing GoldenEye. It was, uh, I, probably my favorite game, one of my favorite games from that generation, and I have just so many like evenings and weekends that I would go to my buddy Mike's and play, and I mean, to to the point where our eyes were dry because we were just. You know, staring at this screen, and and our faces hurt from laughing so hard. So I have <laughs> so many fond memories of Gold and I. Uh, so the 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 fact that this potentially is coming out on NSO, uh, I was thinking like, does that change things for me? And. I don't, I don't think it does, to be honest with you. I don't think nah. it would make me buy into it. I have a lot of fond memories, as I've said. I it, The nostalgia is there. But that I'm tired of Nintendo pulling on that string to get people to spend their money. I'm tired of the fact, like, we're going to get into it with our next story. But NSO hasn't done great uh the nso plus so
0: far (laughs) yeah
1: and uh and i feel like if if gold and i were to re-release i would want the remaster i would want this remake of it to be an updated version updated controls because you know i think i think we look back on these games in 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 the, the lens of time has blurred our vision so that we think that it's better than maybe it is now. You know, in the moment, it was amazing. I think
0: for some games, that's definitely true.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. I, I've played a lot of shooters since. And I don't know if I could jump into GoldenEye with the <laughs> same excitement and joy that I played it when I when it originally came out. You know, I right. I don't know. You wouldn't
0: it. be playing it for hours. You'd play it for maybe half an hour for the, the joy, novelty, and then yeah,
1: I would play the yeah. novelty of it. And, hey, you know, let's all get together and play some Golden Eye again. And then it's like, oh this isn't holding up that well um yeah
0: let's go play something else <laughs> yeah so i don't know
1: i i, I mean I, i'm this could mean nothing at all but we mm. will see i personally would would rather Goldeneye come out as a remaster not, I agree. not changing the game but just updating it better graphics you know stru- uh, better frame rate all that kind of stuff better controls more modern controls uh but I don't know. We'll see. I think. I think a lot of people will disagree with me, and they will be all for NSO Plus now if this re-releases. But uh, yeah, for me, it won't change things. But I am excited to see that there's some movement with the GoldenEye game.
0: I'm I'm starting to wonder, and I'll just use this as a segue to get into our next story. Um, but it kind of seems like NSO Plus is nintendo's backwards way of avoiding having to do remasters because essentially what they're doing is taking the game the actual like game from the nintendo 64 and just copying and pasting it into a format that'll work on switch they're not really changing anything um and i have some evidence of that so as soon as it did launch a lot of players were noticing tons of issues uh, for example there's speedrunner uh zfg1 On Twitter, uh, compared a bunch of screenshots from the water temple section of Ocarina of Time. And they compared the the original Nintendo 64 version, the Wii U virtual console version, and the most recent Nintendo uh, Switch Online version. The fog, draw distances, and water textures are all way worse on the Switch version. Which is really bad because there's quite a few years between these consoles. (laughs) Others note that the game had a lot of difficulty running around uh, Kakariko Village. Uh, causing the game to eventually crash and there have also been reports of input lag from wired controllers which it's a wired controller there should not be any lag at all um but it takes several frames for link to do something very simple like swinging his sword which is bad yeah there's been a couple other issues from other games um if you are playing against your ghosts in mario kart 64 uh on the nintendo 64 original version you would need a controller pack to do this. So it, you'd like plug in a controller pack to like basically act as memory for your moves and everything. That pop-up is still in the game from the Nintendo switch online version, <laughs> even though it doesn't use them. <laughs> so that's why I'm like, okay, they literally just, it's the same exact thing just on the switch. Yeah. Um, also, and this I talked about, I was very skeptical about this in the beginning. So it's very interesting to see that this, that they didn't make any changes to this, but the button layouts are very weird. So, like I said it was to be expected for the Nintendo 64 controller because that button ha- that controller has six buttons on the right side of the controller and the Switch only has four and there's other games where they're almost just unplayable mm-hmm. uh, there's like three or four games that people were saying we can't actually play the game it's meant to be played because I can't do these two things at the same time when I'm supposed to be able to um, so that's it's just making it very frustrating to play any of these games which is a bummer when you're paying you know A good amount of money a year to play these games. Sure. The only game that seems to not have any issues and runs totally smooth is Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine. So if you're a big fan of that game, well, there you go. Yeah. Perfect. (laughs) But that's what I'm, it kind of just seems like a lot of these games could just do with a decent remaster. Like if I'm paying that much for Nintendo Switch Online, I would expect the games to not only function properly, but I'm playing it on a Switch. It should be better than the original one, um, just performance-wise, if anything.
1: Well, yeah, I I think a lot of this is the emulation and the way they're emulating these games. It's 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 just not it's not functioning properly. I don't think that it necessarily needs to be a a remaster, right? I mean, that's essentially rebuilding every single game. And I cannot i agree. I not doing that. But
0: I, I think some games could do that. Like, for example, well, they oh, all my. could
1: do it. But, yeah, I mean, they all
0: could. Mario Kart doesn't need it. <laughs> they,
1: they all could be remastered. I mean, everybody yeah. would love a remaster of all of these, but that's just not going to happen. But what mm-hmm. they should have done was taken a little time and a little effort and made the games work Properly on the switch, like you said, mm-hmm. the the fact that they came out with the N64 controller for this was their reason for not updating the controls, in my opinion. Because now you're forcing people to buy the controller because a lot of these games you can't mm-hmm. play properly with the pro controller or with the Joy Cons. So it's Nintendo being shady because they're like, well, we really want people just to buy this sixty dollar controller and the only way we're going to really force that is if we just don't make it so that these games play well without it. And mm-hmm. I to me, that's just just terrible. I mean, the 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 fact that in and, and the way I the reason I say that it's Nintendo and they're conscious of it was because they did not put in any way to remap the controller configurations with any of these emulated games. They didn't put in any even other options. So you could have maybe a few different controller configuration options that you could select from. And then there's also the, oh, here's the original, right? So they have like the one version of any controller configuration that you're allowed for any of these games. You cannot change it. You cannot customize it. It's just what they stuck on there. And there doesn't seem to be a lot of rhyme or reason. I think mm-hmm. ultimately it's, it's unfortunate that... We take these games that, again, are pulling on the, the, you know, the nostalgia string and asking people to pay more money, whether you feel the extra $30 is a lot or not, um, it's still asking people to pay more for this content and it's handled so poorly. The emulation isn't done well, you know, there's just not a lot of care or any care given to representing these classics. In a way that shows any sort of appreciation. I I think Nintendo could have put more effort into that and just made it feel like, yeah, we know that this catalog is something people cherish and we do as well. As opposed to, hey, we're going to make a buck off of all of you again for buying these games for the third or fourth time. Um, Yeah. And just kind of giving you the bare bones and, and not even the best version, you know, not even the best version. I'm watching a lot of reviews and a lot of people talking. they're saying that the Ocarina of Time version that's on the 3DS is the best version of it. So it's <laughs> like, what are you doing, Nintendo? What are you man, doing over there? I just, Why are
0: we giving our money? <laughs>
1: man, I, over this last year, I just feel like a lot of Nintendo's choices and decisions and the way they've handled things has made me not like Nintendo. I like the hardware but yeah. man, as a company I just I just don't understand why they make these choices. I just feel like they kind of get shadier and shadier as as time goes on.
0: Especially over the last few months. Just yeah. a lot of the stuff they're doing is so questionable.
1: <laughs> and you still have a, a crappy online experience and now you're charging for <sighs> your these games and it's just, you know, and now here I we know. are, we're finding out that it's not even running well. It's just like yeah. it, it I'm I'm personally happy I didn't get it. If if any of our listeners got it and they think it's running great or they they've you know had totally different experience Love
0: it. <laughs> let us
1: let us know. I mean definitely reach out to us and let us know your experience with it. But it's really discouraging and aggravating to hear some of these reports coming out about you know the, the thing everybody was so excited about. Now moving on to another story. Uh, apparently Apple now considers Nintendo. Xbox and Sony PlayStation competitors for them, which this, I don't know where this is coming from. It's like out of nowhere, they are now, Apple is in the gaming scene. They're in it. Yeah, they're <laughs> in it. Apple Previously, Apple only said it competed against Google's Android and Microsoft Windows for the attention of software developers. And now they're saying, no, it's actually everybody. We're, they're acknowledging the fact that they're also competing against uh, actual consoles, so that's crazy. In addition to that, they've also shared that 70% of their app store revenue comes from gaming apps, which is crazy to me. I cannot believe that that much comes from the app store. Uh, Mm -hmm. I'm shocked by that number considering how many apps are on there. But I guess if you have a game, if you have a game on the app store, I can imagine there's a lot of reoccurring. Payments, whereas an app itself, you maybe pay a dollar, two dollars, or whatever. One and done one, yeah. yeah, one time, and then you're done. Whereas a game, you could keep paying into that. So I guess it makes sense that the majority of their money comes from that, but it's still kind of a shocking percentage, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I now, agree. This whole turn of events and who's a competitor and what you know they're competing for is important, especially recently with the whole trial with Apple and Epic and all of that stuff that went on for a long time regarding Fortnite and in-app purchases. But uh, yeah, this this is really, really interesting to see that Apple is now kind of getting more and more into the gaming market. They're also increasing sort of the hardware specs to Be better suited for gaming, whereas we just got the new iPhone and apparently they increased the refresh rate, which is obviously something you know in the gaming world you want a nice refresh rate, and you're starting to see things where maybe the processors are handling it more, maybe the graphics cards. Now it's not I wouldn't say people game on you know Macs, that's not the thing, and and the general consensus is that people are not playing games on their Mac computers, but I do and you do, and I would mm-hmm. play more if the games were on there. But it does seem like from maybe 10 years ago where there was barely any games to now, it has definitely gotten more and more popular because I just think that's what people have. That's just, mm-hmm. so it's it'll be cool. I'm, I mean, considering I'm an Apple user, I would be happy to see more games on there, but yeah.
0: I mean you you play a lot of games on your phone.
1: I play games on there. I wouldn't I play Genshin Impact. Well yeah, but it's not mm-hmm. that, it's not where I want to play games on my like true. it's just it's you play things on there if that's where they happen to be, but mm-hmm. it is definitely not the system I would want to be playing on would be a, a mobile device. Now if they had a you know some sort of controller that worked that plugged in with your phone then that would maybe change things because then it would essentially just be a screen and then i'm actually playing with controller configuration but playing on mobile and using the touch screen to 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 like do things i hate it's just not the way to play games um but i you know i i'm i would rather see more games that i can play on my iMac that's that's more what i would like i'd check
0: i see okay
1: theme and i check Epic all the time, and there's a lot of games that come out, but a lot of times they're not supported. And those online.
0: only, yeah. They're, they're
1: <laughs> only. Yeah. So I don't care so much about the iPhone games, but I want to see more games that are supported on my on my actual desktop. Yeah,
0: I agree. That would be nice, especially because you know if we ever in the future wanted to stream other games and not always have to play them on our Switch, it's nice to have options. Mm-hmm. And I personally like. My first introduction into the gaming world was PC games, so it took me a while to get used to con- controls on, con- on like game consoles and stuff like that. So, and I think I still am. If anybody watches my playthroughs, <laughs> they're girl, like, "What restful, is this girl?" <laughs> I'm pretty rusty,
1: <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: but no, it would be nice to to have them on on our Macs better.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. I I mean, personally, I still play PC games, but I'll have to I have to boot up my computer in the Windows side. So I use boot camp mm-hmm. and I boot it up on the Windows side, which is yeah. fine. But if I didn't have to keep switching the operating system every time I want to play something, I would prefer that. I mean, that would be nice. A little easier. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, moving on to our next story. It has been confirmed that there is going to be no more paid DLC for Animal Crossing new horizons um we already talked about how the november 5th update is going to be the last major free update for the game but it's now confirmed N- they don't want our money anymore i guess which i'm confused about
1: yeah I because do not people are
0: excited this. it kind of seems like they're dialing back just support altogether it kind of seems th- like based on everything that's been announced over the last month it seems like they're just trying to finish the game like they give us this crazy big update they're like here's the big update this is the last way we're gonna make all of our money from you and then we're done like yeah we'll still probably get small little updates for holidays and stuff throughout the year so that's like the most minor bit of support we can get but essentially this is it the game's done like Mm -hmm. it's over after this so i guess make this last little chunk of all this fun new stuff last as long as it can (laughs)
1: Yeah, I don't know. I you yeah, know when we were first when we first got the thing, everybody said, "I can't believe we're getting any more. We're not getting any more updates." But it yeah. it was the 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 way they the way they spoke about it was that you know it was the last free update, and it was like, "Oh, yeah. well, that means we'll get like, more." Why would you DLC. say that otherwise? You know, yeah. But now it's looking like that is it. There, there's no more updates. And I just don't understand maybe updates in the sense of making sure the game still functions. But I don't understand why you would leave all that money on the table. There's people that would absolutely continue to pay for expansions on this game. There's no totally. reason to not continue supporting this game i don't get nintendo in this case once again they're making such a stupid decision now some people are saying that it's the same team that's working on splatoon 3 so perhaps they they don't have the resources to be able to work on animal crossing and so splatoon hire more 3, people but
0: I, make enough money
1: i can't imagine that is true <laughs> that there's yeah. like oh we only have a finite number of developers so we've got to just switch gears and only can do one game at a time. I mean, clearly Splatoon 3 has been working has has made progress without yeah. this Animal Crossing team. I I don't understand what Nintendo's doing. I don't understand why you would essentially stop working on a game that you could probably come out with one or two more paid DLCs that expand on the game and, you know, people would probably gladly pay for that. I think people are still hungry for that Animal Crossing experience. I'm I'm happy about what we're getting. I'm excited for what we're getting. But after hearing this news, it's almost like discouraged me from even caring about this expansion because it's kind of just like, wow, you just really, you know, I was so excited to see everything that's coming out. And then it's kind of like, oh, yeah, well, that's it, though. So, you know, enjoy it. We're We're done supporting it. And yeah. Nintendo just kind of feels like jerks sometimes. They really do. And it just <laughs> encourages me from supporting Nintendo a lot of the time because I just feel like they're so out of touch.
0: I felt the same way. I was like, well, that kind of takes the wind out of your sails. Yeah, like, they yeah, just definitely. announced this crazy awesome update. Everybody's so excited. And they're like, guess what? That's it.
1: Yeah. Everybody's all excited. They're all hyped up for it. <laughs>
0: they just put a nail in the coffin.
1: Yeah. Took a giant dump <laughs> on everybody's excitement. It's like, <laughs> are you kidding me, Nintendo? Honestly, can you just let us at least enjoy it and like?
0: That's what Nintendo does.
1: But it's just, it just don't say anything.
0: It's just, it makes people so much less excited about the game.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't understand it. I don't yeah. understand how this gets. Come tied on, Nintendo. Why this is tied into NSO Plus? I don't understand. You know, where's the? I, I, I just don't understand Nintendo's decisions on, on a lot of this. So, I don't know. I guess we'll see. I guess that's it. So enjoy what yeah. we're getting because apparently yeah. that's, that's it. Uh huh. Now, something that did happen that was actually good over the last uh, week was that we got Metroid Dread Now, as a demo on the eShop, so if you have not played Metroid Dread and you've been on the fence about Metroid Dread, which I don't understand why you would be because it's amazing, uh, you now have a chance to go into the eShop and download the demo and just get a feel for it yourself, which I think is great. I think everybody should have at least a chance to play the demo. I mean, I, I understand if maybe Dread isn't the type of game that you like, but if you are somebody that was a Metroid fan or you do like that type of game you should 100 be playing dread because it is wonderful it is difficult it is so challenging and it is beautiful and you should be playing metroid dread
0: it's also been a joy to watch
1: <laughs> yeah i mean it's just so it's a it's just such a great game i'm really really enjoying my tie. I streamed it a little bit the other day and just got to another area where the story kind of uh unfolded a little bit more and it's just like man, this is so fun. I'm just really having a lot of fun with it. And uh, I'm, I'm happy to see maybe others will will be at least get to to try it. Because I do think demos work. Demos help to sell games. So I'm excited. I
0: agree. Yeah. And it's been kind of a thing that they've been doing. That's one thing they've been doing right this year, is there have been so many more demos for big IPs as opposed to just demo games, which I really like seeing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It so makes a difference. That's been cool
0: another thing that i'm also very excited for is you know that that game i talk about or i'm pretty sure it was on my predictions for this year or my wants it's always your hopes hope. for this yeah. year always um that we would get tomb raider on the switch just any tomb raider game i don't it doesn't have to be anything crazy it could be an older one could be whatever um well guess what it's happening we're getting it in 2022 and i'm so excited um so two tomb raider titles who are making its way to the switch finally uh in the garden of light and Lorecraft croft in the temple of osiris both are arcade inspired action adventure games that include the classic tomb raider exploration discovery platforming all that fun puzzle solving stuff mm-hmm. along with multiplayer progression and fast-paced combat i love it all So um, the games are being developed by Crystal Dynamics, which is responsible for the recent reboot of Marvel's Avengers. And the Switch ports are actually being done by Feral Interactive, which they're responsible for Alien Isolation, uh, bringing that to Switch and porting that, which got great reviews. Mm -hmm. Um, So while these games aren't necessarily main story, like the main IP games, uh, it's still Tomb Raider and it's still going to be on the Switch. And I'm very happy
1: yeah and they and they both have very positive reviews on yeah, you know, they look things cool. like Steam and all that stuff. So I I think yes, you're right. They're not what you would think of as a Lara Croft/Tomb Raider game, but I think they're going to be they're going to do very well on the Switch. I think they're going to be a lot of fun if you liked Hades if you liked um um Diablo, Diablo, yes, thank you. Yeah. If you like Diablo, you're going to be familiar with the style of these games and the look of these games, and you still get to do all the fun stuff that you get to do in Tomb Raider. You get to go through mm-hmm. tombs, and you get to find treasure and solve puzzles, and all that stuff is awesome. So, yeah, this is going to be great. I'm excited for this. I'm definitely. I haven't played either of these, so I'm very excited to play these on the <laughs> Switch. I'm super excited. So, Me I mean, too. and it, they're
0: kind of recent too. Uh, I think. Guardian of Light, I think, came on 2010, and Temple of Osiris came on 2014. It could be flip-flopped. Maybe Temple of Osiris is 2010. But either way, they're still pretty recent. They're not, like, super old games or anything, which is no, pretty cool. No, no.
1: Yeah, I mean, recent-ish, yeah. I guess. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, they should look great. They should play great. So, I mean, there you go. We got a couple real crappy stories, you know. But we got a couple good ones. because Some potential GoldenEye stuff. We got uh, some some Dread demo goodness and some Tomb Raider. The rest of the stories yeah. this week, not so much, but a little trick and a little treat for you there.
0: <laughs> Whoever thought Dread would be such a good thing?
1: <laughs>
0: that brings us to our top 10 bestsellers. And first, we have Mario Party Superstars. Following that is Metroid Dread. Then we have Unravel 2. That had a 50% off sale, if anybody was interested in picking that up. Next is Animal Crossing New Horizons. In fifth, we have Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. Sixth is Minecraft, next is Stardew Valley, then Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, then Among Us, and then 10th is Diablo 2 Resurrected. And then we have one new game in the top 30, which is in 15th, we have Skull the Hero Slayer. That was in the Nintendo Direct, and people seem pretty excited about that one. So congrats. Yeah, sweet.
1: Mm-hmm. Now that gets us to new releases we're into this week, and we actually have quite a few checks between the two of us. Surprisingly,
0: so, yeah. yeah.
1: So off with the very first one.
0: So the first game is called The Suicide of Rachel Foster. It's normally $20. It's on sale for $16 right now. Um, you join uh, this girl named Nicole as she visits her family's old decaying hotel that she grew up in, but her and her mother abandon it due to family tragedy and deceit. Uh, it's a pretty interesting story. I will say I did watch somebody play this. I watched Gap Smolders play this months and months ago. Uh, very interesting. I got really sucked into it. Um, So essentially Nicole, while visiting this hotel, gets stuck there due to a blizzard. She can't leave and is forced to unfold the memories of her childhood and solve a murder mystery in the process. So Mm -hmm. it's a story of love and death where melancholy and nostalgia melt into a thrilling ghost tale. So while it sounds really spooky, I would say that it's more – the story reminds me a lot of Firewatch – Like some of the elements from my Firewatch, but also uh, the long dark as well. I think because I've already watched somebody play it, I will not be picking this up because I know it won't be the same experience. Um, But Michael, I think you would definitely like this game. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, it sounds. Yeah.
1: I saw that. Watch the trailer. I thought it looked interesting. I yeah. like the shining. It seems very similar to the shining and mm-hmm. in, in the way, you know, the the setting of it. So, yeah, I, I thought this looked pretty good and perhaps a good one for this winter. Definitely.
0: Yeah. And like I said, because there is like a big blizzard that happens. I almost wish it came out about a week ago, though, because it would yeah. have been perfect for this time of year. And like, oh, I, I really want to see you stream this one if you can. Yeah. <laughs> it would be awesome. Uh, the next one that I have checked is called Cube Planets. I think it's supposed to be like cube planets um, for $7 on November 1st. Um, it's an isometric cube planet puzzle game that takes place in space. And that's pretty much it. You just okay. solve these puzzles on a nice. cube. It just, it looks, yeah, just a simple puzzle game. Uh, but for $7, cool. it seems like it's well-made. Yeah.
1: I also have something checked coming out November 1st, and it's The Legend of Tan Ding. I believe that's how it's pronounced. This is a $20 (laughs) game coming out. It's on sale for $17.99. This legend is a side-scrolling action game about Liao Tian Ding, the legendary Taiwanese folk hero. Apparently, you play as Liao, who is a vigilante Uh, of Taipei City, and wanted by the colonial Japanese authorities, you rob the rich, you feed the poor, and you fight justice in the streets of early 20th century Taipei as Taiwan's legendary outlaw. So it's basically a a Robin Hood story, essentially. That was what the whole legend of, of this hero is. I thought this looked really, really good. When I watched the trailer for it, I thought it was pretty much... It was beautiful. You're going to explore Taipei um, as, as it looked in the early 1900s, and it's all done in the style of retro, to traditional Chinese manhua style. So uh, really, really beautiful sort of comic book style artwork. I I thought it was gorgeous. And uh, if you like, you know, I'm better on this sort of 2D Metroid vibe and this fight fight style and kind of action style is very similar to that, just in a different aesthetic. But uh, it's something worth checking out. I'm not familiar with the story at all, but I thought it looked really, really good. So I had to give that a check. The next one I checked is coming out November 2nd. It's called Unpacking for $20. Initially, when you see this, it doesn't seem like something that would stand out, but I think it looked Uh, the more I watch the trailer, I think this would be a very kind of chill puzzle game that would be great for, you know, laying in bed about to pass out. And all you're doing in this game is you're unpacking someone's belongings as if they had just moved into a house and Mm. putting things away for them. So it's a sort of a Zen puzzle game. It's kind of like a block fitting puzzle and part home decoration game where you, you literally open a box and you'll take a little a shirt or a knickknack or something and you place it on shelves and you make the bed and you make the closet. And the style of the game is really nicely done. I really liked what I saw of this game. You're going to unpack up to i guess eight houses and as you're doing it you're gonna get a sense of the story and who this person is and kind of have this intimate interaction with them without ever meeting them because now you're kind of going through all of their stuff so if you watch the trailer i think you'd be really interested in this little puzzle game it is done in a style that's very soothing and very beautiful in its way of being presented um and it's well done it looks really really good
0: yeah, I missed that one, but it definitely seems like something I would be into. It's, it's cool. The, the individual like little rooms, it's like a floating room. It's like an isometric mm-hmm. puzzle room. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. yeah. I like it.
1: Yeah, and you're just kind of putting stuff away. I mean, it's a real yeah. super simple concept, but I thought that was kind of the, the charm of it. Yeah. The next, the next one I checked is Lone McLogan for $10.00 an old-school point-and-click adventure game inspired by old Westerns and touches of acid humor. And you are once were the most wanted outlaw in the Wild West, but now you're a little rusty and a little out of shape. And (laughs) Brad Badass, the arch-nemesis, is now number one in the West. And you see this and you say, oh, no. And so you go on, on an adventure to reclaim your title. And uh, hilarity ensues, apparently. So basically, you're going to escape from things. You're going to do all the things you do in a Western. You're going to escape from jail. You're going to tell lies. You're going to shoot guns. You're going to blow things up. You're going to hopefully not get hit with cactuses. Uh, and and eventually, you're going to beat out old uh, your old nemesis there. So I liked it. I like the humor of it. Even the art style is kind of cute. It's uh, sort of a... I don't want to say it's like a ch- a children's book animation style. I guess is the way I would explain it. And you know it, what
0: it reminds me of is Courage the Cowardly Dog.
1: I, I don't know that.
0: No, no, the the cartoon. Oh man, I hope people know what that is. But it's like a a show from Cartoon Network, and it's like weird flat, flat like graphics, but they're three D at the same time. Yeah. It's kind of like weirdly unsettling, but in a in a good way.
1: Yeah, in the in, <laughs> That's a, in a terrible the, description. And the style of this is sort of zany, like the character yeah, design yeah. and stuff. But it, it cool. looks it looks really cute. And for 10 bucks, it, it got a check from me for sure.
0: Uh, the next game that we both have checked is Where Cards Fall. I was not say Where Calls Fall, but it's coming to Switch. Uh, also on the 4th for $20, it is a slice of life story game where you build houses out of cards and bring formative memories to life create pathways through dreamlike spatial puzzles to navigate the insecurities and emotions of high school and beyond. So I wasn't totally into the idea of revisiting high school, but <laughs> the game looks very cool and it's yeah. and it's interesting. You're like your character is walking through these scenes and there's cards falling from the sky building these buildings and and kind of showing you where to go next and it seems really interesting. That's the part that pulled me in is it looks beautiful
1: yeah no i agree i i gave this a check because i thought it looked really beautiful i like the atmosphere of the game i don't really care so much for the narrative that they're trying to create for for it i don't know the last thing i want to
0: do is try to navigate insecurities all over again
1: i just i don't i mean all that (laughs) stuff i don't really ever I just don't really care for any of that kind of crap. But yeah. uh, I thought aesthetically it looked really interesting. I love the story, the song they used in the trailer. So between those two things, mm-hmm. I was told on it. I was like, yeah, I'll give this a check and see if it goes on sale. I'll pick that one up for sure.
0: And then the last one we both have checked is called Encodia, coming out on the 5th for $30. In this game, you join Tina and this big, clumsy robot companion of hers named Sam-53 or Sam-53. On a dis- adventure to discover what grayness is, which is the thing that apparently Tina's father was trying to save the world from. Uh, you travel across different realities full of bizarre, crazy, robotic creatures and also terrible human beings uh, and solve puzzles along the way in this kind of dark cyberpunk world. I'm super into cyberpunk stuff. So when I saw this, I was like, this looks cool. But the robot companion, it kind of reminds me of the Iron Giant slit, um, combined with Big Hero 5.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah,
0: I can see that. That's kind of the vibe I get from that. But yeah, it
1: looks cute. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And then I have one more checked coming out November 5th as well. It's The Prince of Landis for $7.99. Now, this is, I want to say it's another 2D story-based game. And you're going to play as a small-town boy who learns how to stand up from himself from an unusual source. The setting Hmm. is somewhere in the 1980s. They don't give a specific, but you play as Evan, and you have to survive a bleak life in the snowy backwater of Landis, Oregon. And uh, I I thought it looked really cool. I like the setting of it. I like the look of this a lot. Uh, You're going to be sort of playing along as this character, learning to stand up for yourself, and I love the 2D exploration in this setting. It just kind of feels nostalgic and interesting that you're kind of here and it's snowy and you're walking around and people are talking about fishing and I, I don't know, it just felt cozy but weird at the same time because of because of this, the, the thing that happens in this game. But it has sort of that nostalgic, cozy feeling and it felt like a game from that time period the 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 type and the way they handled it so i gave this a check i want to keep an eye on this one and see what it does for eight dollars why not so that gets us to everybody's favorite segment in the show what we're playing christina what are you playing
0: i have been playing the usual so i streamed observer that game is kind of bonkers uh there were like body parts and refrigerators and there is like pig skin on a wall and there's like a black market situation where people are buying these things from this person i and all of this is taking place in one apartment building which is kind of crazy um but it it's cool i'm enjoying the story (laughs) as creepy as it might be so you haven't beat it yet no not yet i have so when i ended I had to basically go into the brain of the thing that's been trying to chase me and kill me this whole time. oh! And so I stopped because I was not ready for that. <laughs> and instead I ended up switching over and during the stream and playing some Animal Crossing. <laughs> oh,
1: that's a nice Something mix. Something completely
0: different. Yeah, there we go. So I showed off all like my Halloween decorations and stuff like that, and that was mm. nice. I haven't hopped back in Animal Crossing since then, but it's yeah. nice to pop in and just check on stuff once in a while.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um
0: And then on top of that, just more fitness boxing too.
1: Oh, okay. okay. Getting some
0: fitness boxing in.
1: Yeah, nice.
0: <laughs> How about you?
1: Uh, I am playing Fire Emblem, making some good progress in that lately. I've finally after I don't even know how many hours, 50 hours or so of this game, I'm finally starting to grasp what I'm supposed to be doing with the recruitments and like the class progression and how I'm supposed to try to get my students to be their very best for future uh, of the game. So I it took me, I, I don't know if the game just doesn't make, there's a lot of different mechanics in this game. And I was kind of, you you essentially get um, like uh, analysis paralysis during this game because you're trying to figure out okay how do I, I I have this one character now you can you can recruit like twenty characters for your for your your class your team and you start out with however many, I don't know, 10, let's say, you start out with these students, and and you pick the one, and then it's like, okay, I can take this one student, and I can make them do this, this, and this. They have certain skills that they're good at, but you also have skills that you can put time and effort into to make them better at, which will give you Mm -hmm. other moves and Blah, blah, blah. And so you start looking at all this, this one character. You're like, well, what do I want them to be in the end? Do I want them to be like this, this big, strong knight? Or do you want them to ride the, the, you know, these, these eagles or whatever they were? And it's like, where do I want them to go? Like, what do I want their, their type to be? And so you get doing that with this one character and you start nitpicking. But then you could do that for you know 20 other characters. So you start getting into the thing where it's like, oh, I don't, I don't know where I'm gonna put them. I don't know how I'm um, gonna make them work yeah. on my team. So I'm finally starting to grasp, like I I actually literally had to get pen and paper and start like plotting out, okay, this is what I want <laughs> my team to be because I like to see it in front of me. I like to know like. This character's stats don't really and I and I know you don't have to do that with this game. You could just play the game as it wants you to play, but um... <clears throat> but I like to have it in front of me and say, okay, like this character is not worth developing. They're just, in Mm -hmm. the end, they're not as strong as maybe this one and this one. So I'm there where I'm like, okay, this is the team. Here's who I wanna recruit. Here's who I wanna progress with. You can have, I think, relationships with characters too. So I'm trying to figure out like, what do I get out of being in a relationship with certain characters? And not, it doesn't have to be like a romantic relationship, even though I do think that gets you an added buff as well, if you like marry a character. But you also can level up just their one on one friendship levels. So if you can get them to a certain level, you have a better bond. And that also opens up other abilities. So I'm trying to figure out like who's worth making better friends with who's worth having on my team who's worth developing further into better characters. And I've gotten that all to a point where I'm like, Alright, I know where I'm trying to get with these characters. and I'm actually mm-hmm. making progress. Now I'm making progress in the story. But I also feel like I'm making progress in my team development, which is very satisfying is exciting to me to, to keep doing. Uh beyond Fire Emblem, I'm still playing Metroid Dread, still streaming Metroid Dread, having a blast with that. I tried to stream it the other day and had updated the computer, and unfortunately that broke the mic. And it's like, oh, okay. So I did a it
0: never ends. <laughs> it never ends
1: when you try to stream. So I did a dispatch yeah. after dark, which is no mic, no, no no camera, but it was a blast. I made some good progress in the game, uh, got to a part where I'm super interested in playing some more. So I'm hoping to maybe stream some more this week. Uh, and then beyond that, I did and downloaded and played a little bit of Voice of Cards, the actual game, not the demo. And I'm really enjoying it just like I did during the demo. It's it's just a blast. It it doesn't, you're, you're not playing... What you played in the demo when you start and that's what i was most okay so it was thinking. what
0: we were suspecting
1: yeah 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 it starts off sort of similar like almost like the demo but i was noticing huh there's this feels a little weird that i don't remember this part and then and then the game starts you like play that part and then the game actually starts and there's okay. significant changes between the demo in this so it's not like you made progress and then have to redo it that was just mm-hmm. what it was it was a demo kind of like the resident evil demos so very very well done i'm still i haven't put a ton of time into it because i don't want to detract from metroid dread and the fun i'm having with with that so once once metroid dreads done this will be my next like short uh little game to jump into and I'm, I'm excited because i really really enjoy what i've seen of voice of cards i'm i'm a big fan
0: Mm-hmm. I need to get it it's I, I knew it came out last week but then I was also looking forward to playing happy game and I still didn't even pick that up and play it and I was hoping to stream it on Friday this week just kind of went bonkers and I wasn't able to but
1: mm, yeah
0: I, I'm excited to play voice of cards
1: yeah there's a lot of good games out there and I, and um I just think it's so well done I really hope that it gets um it gets some good attention and I'm really hoping that potentially we get added content for it as well. I think voice mm-hmm. of cards could be a game where maybe you play that in, you know, you're you're paying for what you get of the main story, but there's no reason it couldn't have other stories that get, added on as paid dlc you know to Mm -hmm. kind of expand on this world and continue these characters and tell other stories i think that would be a blast i think that this is a really cool new ip i like the way it's being told so uh yeah i i don't know i'm excited for where this goes i think it's one of those ips that is feels very fresh and very unique and that's exciting to me You know, because just like Metroid Dread is doing for Metroid, which sounds crazy because it's been around forever. But I feel like a lot of people just don't play or don't really think about Metroid sometimes. Or Nintendo doesn't even seem to care about Metroid sometimes.
0: (laughs) I don't think they think about it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, they don't think about Metroid sometimes. (laughs) So it's like Metroid Dread seems to have kind of got people excited for Metroid. And I'm really excited Mm -hmm. to see where that goes for the Metroid series. You know, will we finally get a 2D release uh bundle for all the 2d games on switch Mm -hmm. i doubt it'll probably all get added to nso like we were saying before but it will be really exciting to see nintendo kind of get behind metroid it'll be really excited to see this ip sort of do something in the future as well but until then i'm enjoying what we have and uh yeah it's just been a good week of gaming
0: Mm -hmm.
1: well if you want to tell us what you have been playing this week feel free. Shoot us a message. You can go to nintendodispatch.com. Hit the contact button and write us all of the games you are loving. And uh, if there's other things you want to chat about us, you can do that too. We don't mind. You can feel free just write us. Say, hey guys, miss you. Miss you guys. Just want to say hi. Hey girl. You know, all that good stuff. (laughs) If if you want to watch us, you could feel free to do that. You go to twitch.tv forward slash Nintendo Dispatch, where we stream at least once or twice a week. Uh, And there's some older videos on there, I think, that are still still playing and you can catch up a little bit. If you would just like to shoot us a quick message, you know, chat with us on Twitter, you can do that. We're over there at Dispatch Podcast. And we're also on Discord, where I post a bunch of stuff about random things like the Switches switch OLEDs that I found and my our
0: Halloween pumpkins.
1: Yeah, our recent Halloween <laughs> pumpkin carvings. So yeah, you can you can go over there and just say, "Whoa, that is a that is a crazy pumpkin." I took I took a stab at the Metroid dread pumpkin that we all saw on Twitter and I did my own version of it and I think it came out pretty good if I do say so myself. I'm <laughs> pretty happy with what I did there. So if you wanted to see that, go to Twitter, go to Discord and and you can check those out. We're everywhere. Yeah, we're everywhere. Thank you so much for listening, and this has been your Nintendo Dispatch.